Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome back to another Star Trek with Aaron and Polly double feature in which we're going to be talking to you about two, two, count them, two episodes of Star Trek Discovery today. But first, Paul and I got super excited because Anson Mount teased yesterday that he would have some big news, a big announcement today. Uh-huh. Paul, what did we think that announcement was going to be? I mean, I <laughs> hold on. What did you think the announcement was going to be? Well, of course um, it, had, it was going to be something to do with Strange New Worlds, right? I mean, of course. Or, or he was growing his beard back out. I think that's oh, what you were hoping for. That would be awesome. He's growing his beard back out and an announcement about Strange New Worlds. <laughs> but. But it, it was more. not. <laughs> it was not either of those things. <laughs> and it was a... You know, in terms of big announcements, I would say this was a very, very small announcement. I would say it was an announcement. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. And, you know, while certainly interest adjacent um, exists outside of my current set of interests uh, relevant to Star Trek. Um, We we got an announcement today that Mr. Anson Mount and I think I've got the article here somewhere. uh, Yeah, here it is. Uh, today, METI, the scientific organization devoted to messaging extraterrestrial intelligence, METI or METI, announced actor Anson Mount has joined its board of directors. The star of the upcoming Paramount series Star Trek Strange New Worlds said in a statement, It's a distinct privilege to be asked to join the outstanding scientists, artists, and innovators that make up the METI team. I look forward to helping this organization expand its footprint in our cultural landscape and educate the general public about our endeavors to connect with extraterrestrial intelligence through scientific methods as we continue to grapple with the implications of this work. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. This isn't anything about what I wanted to know about Anson Mount. (laughs) Bait and switch. Well, very, I mean, it's annoying. exciting for certain people, right? I think it's exciting for Anson Mount. <laughs> That's <laughs> who I think it's exciting for. I, uh, You know, I love that guy, but, I mean, come on. Come Everyone on. Everyone knows that when you refer to an announcement and you're part of some type of geek culture something, whether it's yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, when you are When you are something. number one on the call sheet of an eagerly anticipated genre show and you say big announcement coming tomorrow you know what people are thinking i mean that that was intentional that was done with the wink you know wink big announcement coming tomorrow we just didn't see the wink we saw it today we saw it today (laughs) i mean i I sent it i sent it to paul going is this what he was talking about (laughs) 
I was I was quite incredulous about that. This can't be what he's talking about. It was. He even put in big, big all capital letters announcement. <sighs> yeah. Just disappointed. He they even hashtagged hashtag Star Trek SNW. Yeah. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, that's I mean, it's hurtful. Is what I don't is. feel like that's something Captain Pike would actually do. I, I think this is something Mirror Pike might do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mirror Pike. <laughs> this is some Janeway bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actual Janeway bullshit, not even Mirror Janeway. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know we're before we get into the episodes proper, and I know it's not part of our outline, Aaron. But, you know, another exciting announcement, kind of not at all related, is I got an email today. Uh oh, uh oh. Did it, did it start off hashtag Janeway bullshit? <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, so, because it is some Janeway bullshit. Um, <laughs> too bad we can't name the podcast. We may rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> the Janeway Bullshit Podcast. <laughs> the Janeway Bullshit Podcast. Um, so, you know, CB, I, I had canceled my CBS All Access subscription months ago um, it, it, to move it to CBS, or to, excuse me, to move it to Amazon Prime. Um, you know, I, I prefer to have as few streaming apps as possible. So I was, I was, you know, I was, it's the same price. So I'm like, okay, this way I can access my shutter. And my CBS All Access and my Amazon Prime all in one app. And I think it's a wonderful idea. I'm glad there's no, you know, convenience charge for it. So I'm, I'm happy about it. And today I got an email. Important update, update to your HBO subscription with Prime Video Channels. So thank you for being an HBO subscriber with Prime Video Channels. We're writing to let you know that as of November 17th, 2020, which is today, people, your HBO subscription includes access to HBO Max at no additional cost. I was very excited about this, Aaron. I stopped reading the email immediately. I sent you a screenshot. I sent my family a screenshot. I said, everything is wonderful. This is some normal universe Pike bullshit. Like, this is happiness. This is good stuff. This is some Anson, this is some Anson Mount Beard level happiness. That, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that it is right in your happy place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to Prime Video Channels because today, as of the day of this recording, is in fact November 17th, 2020. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, what can I access? Can I watch an American Pickle now? Um, you know, what can I actually access? Well, then I went, so I went into HP, to, to Amazon Prime and I'm looking, I'm like, hmm. I don't see HBO Max content available in my Prime Video account. I can't watch an American Pickle through my Amazon Prime channel what, account. What, what happened? Well, I went back to the email. To access HBO Max, you can log into the HBO Max app using your Amazon credentials. <laughs> so you still have to app it. So you still have to go through the separate HBO Max app, which I find a bit ridiculous. I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to complain about the the saved cost because right now I do pay for both. Um, but I, you know, I have that uh, package deal with DC Universe to only right. get HBO Max for five bucks. Right. Yeah. But you know, that was ending at the end of the year, and so I was pretty excited about this announcement. But no, apparently I can only access HBO Max through the HBO Max app, which is still not eligible for streaming on certain devices. You know, and, and things like that, so or available on certain devices. So there, I still have the frustration of having a separate limited access app 
with which to watch my HBO Max. And I know, you know unrelated I, to Star Trek, other than the fact that I, I watch Star Trek through Prime channels. That that can't be their long-term solution. And, and I understand that the negotiations concluded, like, yesterday, when we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. I, I understand the negotiations concluded on, on Monday. So maybe this was their short-term fix. And the long-term fix, will get, it'll get baked into your Prime channels. Because I did the same thing. You, you forwarded your note to me. I'm like, why the fuck didn't I get this? Well, I'm I'm not uh, an HBO subscriber uh, through the app like you are. And so I uh, I looked on my Prime features, and I noticed that it wasn't there. And I would have to subscribe to it through channels now. Because, you know, I'm not going to get the same deal you've got because we're, we're set up differently. But I wanted to sub- – I would like to cancel my existing HBO Max subscription where I access it through the app and get it through Prime channels. But that doesn't exist yet because right now but, all they're showing out there is HBO. But what you can do is – Cancel your HBO Max subscription unless you prepaid for the year, which you may right. have. I did not. I'm going month to month. Okay. And get HBO through Prime, which will get you all the HBO content through Prime, plus access to the HBO Max app. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it, obviously there's very limited amount. There's a very limited amount on HBO Max that's not available on, on the HBO Prime. But there's some. There will yeah. be that Justice League. And God damn it. You guys better figure out this, you know, HBO Max shenanigans by the time the Snyder Cut comes out because HBO Max is not available in 4K, which I find very frustrating. And And that makes no sense to me. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I don't understand that one little bit. Yeah. Because I can watch HBO content through Prime in 4K. Yeah. But not on the HBO Max app. It's it's very odd. I don't know, Paul. I don't know. It's shenanigans. And back back to our, our core theme. That's some Janeway bullshit. <laughs> some Hashtag Janeway, Janeway bullshit. bullshit. Make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you ready to talk about some Star Trek, Paul? Oh, I thought we were. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, some other Star Trek. How about that? <laughs> some actual Star, so, Star Trek stuff. Uh, we've got two episodes to talk to you about today. And the first episode is uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 4. Forget me not, in which uh, uh, Adira, right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know the the little uh, uh, teenage human uh, lady who uh, you know saved uh, Discovery last time. You know, who revealed that she had the secret information because she's got a trill slug living right in her, a symbiont, if you will. Which is odd because we know from our experience in uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine and from Star Trek The Next Generation that humans are generally not compatible with the uh, symbionts. In fact, we, we thought that to be a fact, right? We left our experience in Star Trek The Next Generation and uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine believing that symbionts could not be uh, linked for any long-term period to a human. But that is not the case with uh, Adira. Adira? Is that her name? Yeah. Uh, Adira. Are we sure? Uh, no, we sure we're that? not sure. Okay. Well, uh, but, you know, is... uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to ask a question while, while we look up her name. Um, you know, because in the prior episode, I guess I somehow had missed... Adira. Adira is her name. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I somehow had missed that she had um, a symbiote, that she, you know, a trill. Yeah. I, I, I totally missed that in the prior episode. So when they were talking about it, I was it's like, kind of a big big piece that you missed, Paul. No, for someone no who was as was annoyed at that, for someone who was as annoyed at that episode as you were, I would have thought you'd have paid closer attention. 
Well, apparently I was too annoyed. <laughs> well, you know, so she's got this this uh, Trill symbiont, and she doesn't have any of the prior memories. In fact, she she while she knows that uh, the the uh, uh, Starfleet officer who reached out to Discovery, I believe, twelve years prior, you know, who'd sent uh, not necessarily to Discovery, but had transmitted the message twelve years prior, you know, saying that you know the Federation still exists, come find us. Um, she knows that that's one of the, her lives, but she doesn't remember. She doesn't have access to any of those memories. She doesn't have access to the Starfleet officers' memories, so she can't tell Discovery where to go. So, if you recall. Way back in that Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, Dax had a uh, problem with her past lives, and she had to go to the to the uh, Trill homeworld and float in the uh, Trill uh, milky pool and uh, you know reconnect to her uh, past lives. So that's what uh, the crew of Discovery is going to do. And one of the things I find interesting about this is that discovery has gotten the download on trill because you know this was a, it was not known back in the days of uh of uh the early federation where discovery originates from uh they were not aware that the trill were a joined species just like until that episode of star trek the next generation where uh, Commander Riker gets joined. They didn't know, you know, until, you know, there was a, there's a horrible accident. You got to find a home for the symbiote. And I think that's irresponsible, by the way. Shame on you, Trills. You know, if you're going to be looking to put your, your symbiotic parasite into my body, I need to know before I get on a shuttle with you that that's a possibility. You know, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that awkward position. You know, say, you know, you're, you're flying on a plane, Paul. And you're in the window seat, and there's this trill, this joined trill in the seat next to you. He didn't bother telling you, you know, that the, in the middle seat was a joined trill. The plane goes down. You you both survive, but that, that joined trill is horribly injured. They need a host. And so who do you go to? You go to window seat guy. I think I should know about that before they sell that middle seat. That's all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. If you're going to add, if you're going to let me know, if you're, if there is a possibility that I'm going to have to host your symbiont, I need to know about this shit before you sit down next to me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there needs to be better communication. I think that I, I should have that right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that, I, I, this sounds strangely like racism to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's racist until they say, okay, Paul, you need to carry Wayne's symbiont. <laughs> then I'm out. Like, sorry, Wayne. <laughs> sorry, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, Paul Wayne. Uh-huh, yeah. I guess it goes by last name, right? Uh-huh. So he's, I, I would be Paul Cole. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be, uh, you're joining with the Cole symbiont. The Cole symbiont, no. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> It could happen, Paul. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I just, I, I think that if it's, if, if there is that risk, they need to let you know beforehand. By the way, join species. If something happens to me, you're going to have to carry my symbiont. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> so right. 
Adira and uh, uh, Michael Burnham, Burnham mm-hmm. go to Trill, and you know the, the Trill are not nearly the welcoming, friendly people that we uh, experienced back in the the days of Deep Space Nine. Uh, they they had been affected by the burn. They had been affected by the fall of the Federation. And because of the burn, uh, they lost many of their joint symbionts. So the, their, their uh, race has been decimated. And the, the uh, ability for hosts to carry uh, symbionts uh, has been hurt because they don't have nearly as many compatible uh, hosts. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta stop here for a second because there was a whole storyline in Deep Space Nine about about symbionts and hosts, and that uh, there was actually more compatibility than the Trill people had shared, uh, and the reason why they communicated the scarce, the 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 limited number of hosts was because symbionts were in such short supply. So I don't know if they were trying to communicate in in the show that the uh that they were just running short on all these symbionts or it you know or if they were still perpetuating the lie about the hosts anyway well it's it's been 900 years i'm sure it has been 900 years it has so yeah maybe a thing or two has changed perhaps i mean (laughs) maybe captain pike's got a big announcement coming tomorrow i don't know maybe probably not (laughs) maybe it's some janeway bullshit could be That won't change in 900 years. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, and we'll come back to that. But so, so they go and they, they they go into the floaty pool, and you know, as you would expect, Adira gets all of her memories back. And here's where I've got big problems, Paul. I was oh. creeped out by this episode. I was creeped out, and not in the way I think some some people listening to this might go. Oh God, here we go. There's been a lot of press made about how the actress who plays Adira, who is Blue Del Barrio, uh, is non-binary. She does not identify as either either he or she. She is uh, they, we you know, are her pronouns. And then Ian Alexander, who plays Gray Tall, is trans and is the first trans person to you know be on Star Trek. She's the first non-binary person to be on Star Trek. That is not what creeps me out. What creeps me out is how intimate and sexual their relationship is when she is very young. I say she because the character is described as female in the show. Uh, Adira is described as very young in the show. And I'm assuming that it's been a year or so since she was joined. They've not been specific about that, but it feels like it's been a little bit of a time. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit of a while. She stated when she met Stamets, when she you know made her appearance on the show, that she was 16, so she was maybe 15, and she had been with Gray for a while at that point. So we're talking about a a a a, a, a child. I, I am really the, the the sexual overtones that were there between the level of intimacy between Gray and Adira and her age, Adira's age, bothered me a lot. And I I I, it, I had a hard time with the episode because I'm like I am really uncomfortable with this. You know, uh, they it was like they were playing house. It really bothered me. You know, 
for what it's worth, I I did find the characters very young looking. Very. Right? Young. It, it, it would be like watching a, a, a sexualized episode of Wesley Crusher in the first few seasons yeah. of Next Generation. And I yeah. don't know that the actor is that young in real life, and it doesn't really matter. But you know, she's portrayed as very young. And I and I apologize for saying she. And we're gonna make. I'm just gonna preface this by saying we're going to try to avoid that. Uh, but they, to to Aaron's point, they do very much refer uh, to Blue as a she. Yeah, Adira as she. Yeah. Adira, excuse me, yeah. Adira as she in the, in the show. So her character is 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 binary, despite um, you know the, the the actor not being right. Uh, but you know they, they so they have this this relationship. And here's the thing, you know, when it comes to um, the Trill, have always kind of been an analogy for um confused sexuality lgbtq um you know uh once being a woman now being a man vice versa that kind of thing so there, there's always kind of you know it was very ahead of the, the concept was very ahead of its time you know in the, in the 90s um and oddly enough still is uh 30 years later but to your point the the portrayal of their relationship was overly intimate it was given, creepy intimate i i gotta yeah. tell you i mean the and, and i just I, the whole time i'm like okay clearly they're physically intimate even though they didn't put any of that on the screen but there was a lot of energy physical between, interaction right there, yeah, there was they, a lot of touching they, and, and they were close right they were yeah. close and you get you, you know you gathered i did anyway that this wasn't a new thing this wasn't just hey we just started dating because of the what they know about each other and what they share about to, with each other just in the glimpses that we get in that episode i i, I found it just i i felt icky watching it and again having nothing to do with the gender identity or the the, the choices uh, that these actors make in their real life, that didn't bother me one little bit. It was the age, and I, you know, I'm 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 in my fifties. I, I can say it, <laughs> um, but I just I felt creepy watching it, and you know, I, I I walked away from it going, well, you know, Juliet's like thirteen in Romeo and Juliet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. And maybe that's where they're, where they're going to. But, you know, every time I think about, you know, Juliet being 13, I'm like, oh my God. When I was 13, I was still playing with Micronauts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was watching porn, Aaron, so. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you were, Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't deny that, uh, you know, perhaps I, I, I had a very different uh, childhood than Adira has, but I'm just was really bothered. And I, I think I could understand the, the, the youthfulness of the relationship if when we had gotten to Earth in the prior episode, Earth was dystopic, right? You know, if the, if the, if Earth had become, you know, some sort of, you know, bombed out apocalypse, you would understand why uh, people would be maturing faster, right? Because I mean, that's what we see in civilization. And when, when civilizations become more technologically advanced, when they become wealthier, children remain children for a longer period of time, right? You know, it's not like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're 14 now. It's time to choose your bride and go, you know, uh, you know, make your own farm, right? That's not the civilization that we saw on Earth. So I just didn't understand 
why this person is off in space acting like an adult and she's so damn young and why isn't anybody on discovery asking these questions i mean i can understand why they wouldn't be asking the sex questions but you know earth seemed to have it it you know other than the fact that it couldn't get along with its neighbors seems to have its crap in order yeah well i think what they're trying to portray is that now i don't i think the characters are portrayed youthful um, you know, I, I, I just looked up um, the Blue Del Barrio, and the actor is 21. Um, she's I did playing not... 16. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. There There is an uncomfortableness with that. Um, it, you know, it didn't really strike me in the same fashion as it did you. Uh-huh. But I will say, on this episode and, and the next episode, for what it's worth, I actually found these past two episodes a the best two of the season so far. Oh, I agree. I agree. Despite my problems with this, I enjoyed this episode quite a lot. I just, and I don't like the trill. I'm just going to be upfront. I don't like the oh, trill. I, I love the trill. I don't. I do. I don't know. Tell me I, what you don't like about the trill. Um, I like the axe. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I, yeah, I don't like when Star Trek goes to a planet and everyone is so calm and stands and they're, you know, like in, in peaceful nature and they're wearing robes. I don't know. That's like the, the, the character portrayals like that. Just, I don't know for me, like not just doesn't, don't really connect with me. I don't, I don't disagree. I dislike the portrayal of the holyish people of Trill. Right. Agreed. And that's where, uh, and that's where, you know, because that reminds me of so many weak Star Trek episodes and movies that uh-huh. bring in, you know, a level of religion, you know, as a metaphor for something and it just lands flat. And yeah. honestly, that that's kind of what we had here, even though overall, again, the episode was good. You know, what we saw in this episode was that, um, you know, a metaphor for a, a society um, rejecting uh, Adira Tal. Right. And, and ultimately her connecting with her true self and society accepting her for who she is, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a combination of all the, the prior talls and, you know, the, the acknowledgement that I am many people, I am not one, I am many, you know, and, 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 and of course, again, like we said that the trill are always kind of this metaphor for, um, you know, this, this identity, um, this LGBTQ identity, but, you know, I, I, the, I just don't necessarily connect with that religious portrayal of standing in what looks like, you know, a park in robes. Uh-huh. You know, well, it, it, it's like two-dimensional. It's two-dimensional. Yes. And, and I agree with you. I, I, I dislike that myself, and I dislike it, you know, in any of these, you know, science fiction shows where, you know, we're just painting with a very broad brush on our society. But the Trill themselves, the, the Trill characters that we've seen and gotten to experience, I've enjoyed quite a bit. You know, the the episode was very much in keeping with that Deep Space Nine episode where Dax goes back to, you know, figure out. Uh, and when I say Dax, I'm talking about Jadzia Dax, where mm. she goes back to, you know, find her memories. But, you know, I don't know if you remember the episode, Paul, where uh, Esri Dax goes back to Trill and she, you know, stays with her family who are non-joined Trills and actually look their nose down, uh, look down their nose, I should say, at uh, join Trill. You know, why would you give up your your yourself and identity to join, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a great episode. And it was very, uh, very three-dimensional, very rich, you know, complex characters, which is a, a, a just, a, I find a, 
great big difference from what we saw in terms of the uh, da- the Trill authorities. But all that said, I thought it was a good episode. I, I just did, honestly, I found that. My, my, and I'm oh, sorry, don't mean to cut you off, Aaron. Go ahead. Um, but my my where I found strength in the episode was in the portrayal of of Discovery's PTSD because right. what we have approached and you know we're 33 minutes oh, into this recording Thanksgiving already, dinner <laughs> is Thanksgiving dinner on the on the Discovery right where where um Captain Saru is you know he 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 gets advice from the computer you know um which is really the first acknowledgement that they've brought this artificial intelligence the first and only acknowledgement because it's not like they had one in the next episode you know that they they have this artificial intelligence as the ship's computer now and and the ship's computer you know he 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 has a conversation with it saying hey you know how can my crew is suffering you know especially the pilot um whose name escapes me at this moment um but you know we we're we're suffering how can i find a way to bring my crew together and you know it, it, what they what he decides on is a Thanksgiving dinner, right? Let's have everyone together. Let's, you know, break bread and, uh, you know, laugh and joke and, and that kind of stuff. And we see that, that, that starts off going well and then goes horribly awry. Um, and just the, the interactions of the crew, as well as the way in which they ultimately resolve that interaction, I found just, honestly really strongly written and strongly acted more than anything else well you know uh they start reciting haiku you know Mm -hmm. uh, and you know so each of them is kind of doing their own haiku and when it gets to culver he starts it and messes up the last line and that mess up messing up the last line was the actor messing up the last line not uh culver messing up the last line Uh, yeah and they kept it in because of everybody's reaction. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the things that you responded to was how genuine I think a lot of the uh, acting was in that scene mm. was just the characters having a moment to respond to one another without stuff blowing up, without lasers shooting over their heads, that kind of thing. Because we um, don't see that a lot in Discovery. We and, really don't. We don't. And that's something we did see in, in prior shows. Don't get me wrong. We have now developed uh, a camaraderie of the crew. But the moments, the natural moments in which they can interact and not be respondent to some crisis, very few and far between. And again, the the, the dinner devolves when Detmer, um, when Detmer, uh, Detmer's P- PTSD creeps back in, and right. you know she kind of has a panic attack at the table. And but again, you know it's resolved in a, in a very very good way at the end of the episode. And so I, I actually really liked that storyline. And yeah, that is what I'm responding to. I'm responding to a moment where we're not driving towards a specific story arc or, you know, reacting or shooting or whatever we're seeing characters. Uh, and, you know, we've spoken kind of about this in, in prior Star Trek series, whether it's having a drink, you know, at Quarks or, you know, a poker game, you know, amongst the crew, there are these moments of interaction between the crew where they remove themselves from the day to day that, you know, that, that I enjoy seeing, and that was one of them. Yeah, I, I really thought the uh, Thanksgiving dinner was uh, was really well done. I, you know, I, I'm calling it Thanksgiving dinner because I think they compared it to that at one point, but, uh, and it's close to Thanksgiving. But uh, I, I, I thought that was great. I, I, I dug it quite a bit. I, again, I enjoyed the episode. I just was a little icked out by how young the, the characters are uh, that are, you know, that we're seeing their, their romance. I just was, I thought, I thought that was pretty darn icky, just saying. So, 
Next episode, the second episode in our double feature, is Die Trying. Because we have found out where the Federation is hanging out, you know, because they're not hanging out at Earth anymore. The Federation and Starfleet are uh, occupying the same space. Um, and so Discovery goes and, uh, you know, uh, checks out the, the, the Federation and Starfleet. And uh, I got to tell you, I really, really like the uh, Admiral, uh, Admiral Vance, uh, Oded Fair, the actor. Uh, he, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen Oded Fair in anything that I haven't enjoyed him in. He is particularly marv- marvelous in Sleeper Cell. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but he is absolutely terrific in Sleeper Cell. And I've seen him in The Mummy. <laughs> I, I think he's got a just a like Anson Mount. He's got a lot of charisma on screen. Uh, I, I think he's just terrific. And there's a certain twinkle to his eye where you're like, I don't know if he's a good guy or not. <laughs> there's, there's just something about Oded Fair. Um, but yeah, we we meet uh, Admiral Charles Vance and uh, hey Chuck, that would be what I'd say, Admiral <laughs> Chuck. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, he does the thing that you kind of expected to happen, which is, uh, you know, Hey, discovery, uh, you know, we don't really know who you guys are. We're going to bust up your team and, uh, reallocate your resources and, you know, modify your ship. And, you know, that's just, it's what you expect when, you know, someone comes to, uh, you know, report for duty. Uh, you know, command is going to do their thing. And, you know, uh, Saru and Burnham are, are equally horrified by this. You know, like, well, you can't bust up our, our family. You know, we, we came 900 years together. Nobody else has our experience. And by the way, we got this spore drive that you need right now because, uh, you know, the lithium's uh, on, on, on in scarcity. And, uh, you know, very few folks can warp. We can go anywhere in the blink of an eye just like that. Which is, you know, it's and I, one of the things that um, Odette Fair's character does refer to is that there's no record of you. And we, we you know, the all record of Discovery was expunged at the end of season two, uh, you know, basically removing any evidence of the mirror universe prior to Star Trek, the, um, the original series or the spore drive or any of that stuff. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're a thousand years into the future and what's the remainder of Starfleet has not heard of this crew. So they do not trust them. Um, and I, you know, I found that interesting, but I also found it interesting that, well, don't get me wrong, you know, Starfleet headquarters was certainly more advanced than it was in, in the 24th century. Um, there was, you know, that, that, that in, in that time they hadn't figured out, and perhaps it's because of the burn brought them so much back, you know, to the Stone Ages that they they hadn't perfect they hadn't figured out a spore drive or right. you know teleporters still work but you haven't figured out in 900 years how to te- teleport a ship um, you know that kind of thing uh, but I you know perhaps it's because of the burn really kind of setting them back. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine that uh, you know they they had a, a lot of. Uh an industrial reset, if you will, you know, uh, kind of like the, the dark ages, you know, where you kind of lost what you knew. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, they, they, uh, they get a mission, you know, so that they can prove themselves and they, you know, fly across the galaxy. And I, I, I thought it was, you know, 900 years ago, we had this, uh, seed ship and it was called whatever. I don't recall what the, what the, what they, what the, what the name of the seed ship was, but it's still got the same name right now. 
900 years later, the seed ship yeah. goes by the same name. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's also acknowledge that Janeway bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Voyager J. Uh-huh. 11 iterations of USS Voyager. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know that was cool. That was cool. You I wish we had cool. seen it. You can shit on that all you want, Paul, but that was kind of cool. <laughs> I wasn't shitting on it. Uh-huh. It is some Janeway bullshit, though. It I'm is. Just saying. Yeah. But, but uh, it, was, it was a very cool moment. Uh, I would have liked a, a, a bigger look at it than we got. And, so, and, and really, that's the same with all the ships in that space. Yeah. You know, that were in that little Federation bubble. I would have liked a, a better look at all of that. And maybe we'll get that later on. But, you know, all of those scenes happen so fast. I rewound, watched them again, rewound, watched them again. Uh, and I still don't feel like I, I got a good enough look at it. Yeah. I mean, so what I did like was um, seeing Starfleet is in existence, the Federation, the Federation's in existence, you know, that now the Discovery is tasked with a mission. Um, you know, we're still in the non-trusting phase, at least in this episode, but this felt like a nice Star Trek episode. This felt legitimately like a Star Trek episode. We've been yeah. sent on a mission. Um, you know, there was an acknowledgement that, you know, our days of five-year missions aren't really a thing anymore, right? Like, we're, 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 we, we don't have the ability to just go on exploration. You know, we, we send people on missions. And so I think we'll see some more of that, um, you know, as the series progresses and as they uncover the mystery of the burn, which is clearly the big mystery of the season. Uh, but, you know, I did enjoy seeing Starfleet. I was saddened a little bit that clearly Starfleet, you know, has ulterior motives again, even 900 years in the future. Um, you, know, the, the, you know, they're still not this altruistic uh, entity that there, there's some secret bullshit going on. Well, yeah, but, you, you've got uh, Section uh, 31 right there. But you David know, Cronenberg. David right? fucking Cronenberg in a Star Trek show. What about of, that? Of all fucking Star Trek shows for Cronenberg to show up in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I, you know, it was funny because, I, I, you know, sometimes the way they shoot somebody, you know, on the scene, you're like, oh, he's somebody. You don't know who he is, but he's somebody. You mm-hmm. can just tell by the way they framed the shot. And so I'm like, who is that? And I, and I bring it up on, on my on my iPad. I'm like, that's David fucking Cronenberg. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> and that's how his IMDb page reads. David fucking <laughs> Cronenberg. But, uh, yeah, I, I was I was I was startled by that. And, uh, you know, we see him interacting with Giorgio, who I, I'm sorry, you know, uh, she is just the coolest character. I, I, I really do enjoy watching her on the screen. And, you know, we, we see Michelle Yeoh do her thing and, and she's just got so much charisma and there, there's so much going on uh, behind her eyes and she's messing with the holograms and she, you know, she blinks at them and makes the holograms shut down. And so, you know, uh, David Cronin, uh, Cronenberg's character, Kovich, comes in and, and chats her up. And we cut away, and the next time we see Giorgio in the hallway, she is very sort of uh, out of touch. It's like he did something to her. And I don't yeah. think he gave her things to think about. I think he did something to her. Oh, I think so, That's too. what it – yeah. Because you see, you know, a, a, a bit of that in next week's episode. Um, yeah, the, the that there's something off – with Giorgio. And so you know, I do think that, you know, we're setting up for that section 31 show. Now, as much as I appre- as much as I like her character now, you know, I, yeah. I didn't use to appreciate her. Cause every time I saw her on screen, I'm like, 
uh, we're going to get a show that doesn't feel like Star Trek anymore. She's so good at it um, that I, you know, I, I do like seeing her on screen. But yeah, I think what we're going to see is this is setting up for her to to do her own thing. That Section Thirty One show. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it was I thought it was awfully darn cool. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot here to belabor other than the fact that I think this sets up the rest of the season to be a lot more satisfying than the the three of the previous five episodes have been. Agreed. And Non, Non leaves the the crew. That's I something. hate that. I like Non. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was the biggest Non fan. I thought I thought she really I I I I kind of fell in love with Non uh during the Arium episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I liked her portrayal there. Uh I liked her choice to stay behind. Um I uh I I, I like Non. But, you know, hopefully we'll see her again. Hopefully. So, Aaron, how many episodes are in this season of Discovery? Do we know? I want to say 10. So we're No, no, it's more than that. It's 15. It's 15. Oh, okay. So we're Because it was 10 if we're lower decks, and it's 15 for... Because remember, it's 25 weeks, Paul. That's right. 25 weeks of your life. I just wanted to be, you know, to check because, you know... I'm sorry, it's 13 episodes. Um, okay, it's 23 weeks, Pod, but it's going to feel like 25. <laughs> well, the reason I, yeah. Um, and the reason I ask is because, you know, if, we, if it was only 10, we'd be halfway into the season. And, you know, what uh, one of the things I did complain, I think, offline about was the lack of momentum in this season towards uh, a goal. And what's funny is what I liked about this episode was that it felt like Star Trek without necessarily having to drive towards a certain thing. Right. Um, but it felt like Star Trek. And I, I hope to see more episodes like, like this yeah. with, you know, with acknowledgement of the overall storyline. But I'm, I, I, I'm very curious to see what they do to make the burn interesting. Cause right now every mention of it is like, eh, it was a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it doesn't feel like the big mystery that I think they wanted to, but I'm, I'm sure as the story goes on, we'll uncover more. Yeah, I agree. Well, we want to know what you think. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Well, or you can hit us up on social media, Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Very good. Well, Paul? Uh, what? We're going to do it again next week. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We'll see you sometime within the next two weeks. Right That's here. right. Or, or three weeks. You never know. You sometime. never know. You never know. Yeah. We're yeah. like Giorgio. We're mysterious. Yeah. And you know what we are? We're some Janeway bullshit. Well, we that Janeway bullshit. Hashtag. <laughs> Make it a thing. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays, no troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 